This is the Three to Win Podcast, sharing optimal steps to win your day, month, and year. Your money and your life are like crossroads, and when they meet, true success can be discovered. Our Real Talk conversations are about creating fulfillment throughout your life's journey. And now, here is the Life Architecture team. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Three to Win Podcast. I love saying it like that, like it's two different words. I am one of your hosts, Rich Blooney, and I am joined by the lovely and talented John Kennedy and the shapely and statuesque Mark <laughs> Rich Blooney. Rich Blooney. It, it really goes with today's topic about being uncomfortable because you just made me Why very did I want to call you uncomfortable. <laughs> You're like a trapezoid. That's what you want. I to wanted call to call you a trapezoid, but here's the thing. So, you know, I... I, I think if you guys offered me $10,000, I would not be able to draw a trapezoid. And I found this out by all this homeschooling we've had to do since, you know, the whole pandemic thing. And um, I was doing like fifth grade math with my son and they had shapes and he's like asking me, is this a trapezoid? Is this a that zoid? Is this a, I, you know, I have no idea literally. I know an octagon because that's like a stop sign and it's where UFC fighters fight. But I don't know the other, like a pentagon. Is eight this is sides. Rich Blooney getting Wait, uncomfortable with his shapes. Pent, I don't know. I must have missed that day in kindergarten. I was out sick a lot. I was a very sickly child. So today we're going to talk about being uncomfortable, which as Matt said, I've already made him feel by calling him statuesque. If you ever meet Matt, you will find that he is quite statuesque and shapely. Not a trapezoid, but he's more muscle, like like lean muscle. You're okay, like, enough about my, if my were, physique here. If you, were like, if you were like a type of protein, you'd be venison. <laughs> you would be, it's all the pelotoning. It's all the biking. You would be lean muscle. How would you describe John? If you're venison, oh, what would boy, John be? This is going to get weird. Um, I Come on. I would say John, if he was a protein. John, I think you would be like, you would be organic bison. Okay. Like, like So what would I be? That sounds cool. What would I be? That sounds... Uh, do you want to come up with this together, Matt? Uh, How about like <laughs> really? I don't know. This is making them both uncomfortable. I think yeah, we so just we accomplished the goal. Two I'm minutes into the show, I'm a a sad that two, two minutes. What? A really a muscular turkey. I'm a muscular turkey. turkey. <laughs> what the heck? That's bro? the leanest protein like you can come up with. Like a I made him a venison. I've got to be I'm a turkey. A deer that gets shot. Hold no, on, though. Just, ounce for ounce, that's the leanest protein I think you can come up with. I strongly disagree with that. Well, all right. Okay, I'm a little offended. Anyway, so we're going to get back to the topic at hand. And the topic at hand is being uncomfortable, which me being a lean turkey has made me as well. But no, seriously, when you think about life, life's goals, life's accomplishments, everything that we do, usually some of our greatest moments have happened when we were uncomfortable. So do either of you propose to your significant others? Oh, Yes. Goodness. And when I proposed to mine, Matt was there video was, recording the proposal. It. Yeah, it was very uncomfortable. Oh, <laughs> it was uncomfortable. It was very well. I was such how a nervous I, kid. How too. do I just now know this? Oh, yeah, you, there's a video. But, but my point is, were you a little uncomfortable? Oh, very much so. And, and the video would prove it. And Matt, when you... You know I'm going to watch this video. Yes, I All I got to say is gobble, gobble. I'm going to watch that. <laughs> Matt, right, lean when you proposed to the lovely Lauren, yes. were you a little uncomfortable? Yes, I was. I, I, uh, I, I proposed to her in a garden. Um, and hours before, I put a little placard. You know, the gardens have like what types of flowers each one of them are, like a little placard on there. So hours earlier, I put um, on one of the placards in the Rose Garden, Will You Marry Me? And I had my buddy hide in the woods with a camera. <laughs> Wait a second, stop. So for like, no, no. I think for like he was uncomfortable. Two hours, he sat in the woods. With my buddy hiding in the woods. He started, he was hiding in the woods with a video camera. 
And there's other people like in this garden, like walking around looking at plants. And he just stood there and waited for me to get Lauren. And the garden was like very big. So I just grabbed her by the hand and, and I told her like we're gonna go do something romantic, like you know, go just to the he whisked go to her this, away. This like have our buddy film us and from I the just, woods. I just pulled her by her hand the entire way to where I was supposed to be. Like there was no let's look at this flower. It was just like I have some place to be right now, come with me. <laughs> like running Got there, Lauren dropped down on one knee, my buddy jumps out of the woods, and then he proceeds to follow us around the garden afterwards. <laughs> Um, with the video camera. I have it all. It's on like one of those actual like cassette thingies from That's back in the great. day. So I haven't seen it in a long time, but it, this this conversation might prompt me to go look at it again. Well, I folks, think- I have a tip on proposals. You don't want to make the bride that you're proposing to uncomfortable as well. Because when I did it, it was at a board meet. Do you remember this? I remember. It was at her office. She was in the middle of a board meeting. Her boss was there. Her boss was in on it. But talk about making the bride to be uncomfortable. She was so angry at me. I'm surprised she said yes, to be honest Most with you. Most people are. Yeah. That know no, you guys. I know. Most people I married are surprised, up. But you did How did Miss Blooney, uh, how did you ask Miss Blooney? So, you know, it's interesting and I'm, I'm utterly now ashamed and I'm torn right now because there's a part of me that wants to tell this amazing, beautiful, romantic story that would put both of yours to shame. Or to tell the truth. So the truth is... Be careful because she's going to listen I know to she is. I, she'll listen. The truth is I actually... It di- I did not do this like in the woods with like people videotaping it. We, you know, I, I, we went on this beautiful kind of romantic date. We were living together at the time and we came home and we were talking about how where we lived felt like home and I had this whole thing planned and literally I put on some romantic music in the living room. I got down on my knee and I proposed to her and it was wasn't like with this beach and the sunset and rose gardens and boardrooms with the boss, which sounds hot. <laughs> it wasn't any of that. So it was kind of a, a, a kind of a little simpler kind of plain kind of thing. But um, I, I do know that I was uncomfortable and I do know that I was nervous. But I also know that out of that came some of the best experiences of my life. Yeah, listen, at the end of the day, they all said yes, no matter how sure. much of a train wreck or not grandiose it was and they also right yes. which makes you think that sometimes putting yourself out there and being uncomfortable is one of the things that gives you the most in your life you know they say no risk no reward or as the ancient philosopher said you got to risk it for the biscuit so you know you've <laughs> got to take some chances you've got to take chances in life you've got to put yourself out there in order to be able to get the most. When you stay in a comfort zone, as it's often called, if you think about the word zone, a zone is, you know, the safety zone, the ends, you know, it's a place of protection. Sometimes you need to feel safe. I get that, I get that, I get that. But success does not come from feeling safe. Love does not come from being, you know, safe and not taking any chances. Well, I don't want to ask her. I don't want to ask him. I don't want to do this. They might say no. You're, you're, you're taking a chance, but the reward from that discomfort with your beautiful significant others, your beautiful children, the beautiful life that you've built, that I've built, was so worth taking that risk. Uh, well, I was going to say, I, I've grown up from my parents always telling me that success is on the other side of fear and it's it's just such an easy barrier like anything that you do in your life that's whether it's personal development any level of success that you achieve it's going to be uncomfortable isn't it i mean there it's it's not like um these things are given to us we have to work hard for them and you know you've just got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable you know and, and what i love about that whole idea of success being on the other side of fear is that when you're in fear it's to know that there's another side to it 
Because I think yeah. some people get so stuck in their fear that it, you know, people that are listening to this right now could be in a fearful place right now in their life. And I'm not talking about, you know, super obvious, you know, super obvious or, or, or extreme cases. I, I'm talking about, you know, not like in fear of your life kind of fear. I'm talking about some people in their life are, are, are in fear of where they are financially or in fear of, you know, should, should I stay in this relationship or in fear, are they a good enough parent? Are they doing a good enough job? Do they have job security? Whatever the case may be. And to think that success is oftentimes on the other side of fear is such a hopeful way of looking at fear because I think we all feel that sense of fear and and discomfort causes fear when you're uncomfortable you walk into a room and you feel uncomfortable you know your pits start to sweat you get a little nervous you get a little jittery that creates that emotional you know that that adrenaline that weird feeling and you want to get out of that so bad so I you know I, I want to talk about if it's okay kind of being uncomfortable and how to flip that, how to take, you know, being uncomfortable into being successful, how to turn uncomfortable into successful, how to turn uncomfortable into getting to the next level. Well, John and I deal in an industry where we make people uncomfortable almost on a daily basis. Uh, <laughs> Let's you know, talk about that. That's, that. that's, that's a great lead, yeah, lead that's a into great, it. That's a great lead into what it is we do now. But, you know, being a financial planner, the first questions that I typically have, especially for a new client is, how much money do you make? Oh yeah, and that's what, a question that we are all raised to how never. Much, you know, how many assets do you have? Yeah, th- those are the these are things that you don't talk about with anybody, right. and especially some people who are extremely old school. They don't talk about it with their family. Yet here's the stranger that you're basically going to. And we call this financially undressing. You take everything off and show us what is it that you have, but that is really the first step you need in order to gain financial independence and in order to come up with a financial plan. You've got to be able to show us everything that you have and not be embarrassed about it. Uh, what I always say to people is when I meet with them, I and this, you'll love this analogy, Rich, is that I say, I'm like a doctor when it comes to blood. I don't get squeamish when I see your finances. I don't think in the back of my mind, oh my gosh, this person, I can't believe where they're at. No, I look at it like a problem and I try to figure out where are the solutions to this problem. And like I said, it's like a doctor with blood. When a doctor sees blood, they don't get faint and pass out. They look at the problem and say, you're bleeding, let's fix where the problem is. And so you know, when, when on a daily basis for us, especially for John and myself, uh, you know, it's it's having that conversation with someone who who is just so embarrassed about their financial situation, they don't even want to come see us. But they need to. This is this is something that needs to happen in order for you to, to be repaired or be I, fixed. I, I like that you use like a healthcare analogy because, you know, I think about as a nurse, you know, cl- when I was clinical especially, how many times people had to be in very uncomfortable situations. And, you know, we can make tons of jokes about it, but, you know, my dad died from prostate cancer. And he died from prostate cancer at a time where prostate cancer was like an 85%, you know, healing you know, rate, mm-hmm. or 85%, you know, you know, good rate, right? And there, he wasn't checked. And, and that might have been, I mean, I never had that discussion with him. I was only 22 at the time, but that might have been because he wasn't getting checked because there was that discomfort. Or maybe a, a woman who, you know, hasn't had, you know, mammogram mm-hmm. and it's, it's uncomfortable or it's embarrassing or, you, you know, and I think about all the times in healthcare where there's things that we're afraid to go to our doctor or our healthcare practitioner because it's uncomfortable, yet if we don't do it, it could put our life at risk. And when you think about money and you think about, how uncomfortable that is. I think about something a lot of times that both of you have talked about, but John's talked about, where people feel a little embarrassed. You know, people, 
come to you, John. I'm sure you've got you know what what you've got ages of clients in in your financial world from from what to what thirty to one hundred. So thirty to one hundred who come range. to you at different levels of different sure. points. And I would imagine some of our listeners out there might look at their own bank account or might look at their savings or lack thereof or look at their four hundred one k or lack thereof or they just went through a divorce and the coffers have been raided mm-hmm. and then they're embarrassed to go to somebody with that because they feel like they're so behind the eight ball that that there's almost a sense of shame. Yeah, and it's so easy to compare your situation to, to someone else's, like this fictitious person that you're making up in your head in terms of where you think you should be financially, and then you, you compare it, you compare yourself. Um, I, I think that's, unfortunately, that's a normal thing, but we, we really try to talk through that with clients. And, um, you know, as Matt said, um, what did you call it? Financial nudity? Or did, no, is that what Rich called it before the show? Let's not make this weird. Okay, got it. Because it wasn't weird enough that you both videotaped your proposals and had people like chasing you through the woods. So, you know, let's just stick <laughs> Jackie with actually no longer works at that job. Even, All right, so. you lean turkey. Let's, I know, let's I'm a lean down. turkey. Uh, where was I? What, what was I even talking, talking about, about here? being embarrassed? And yeah, yeah. I, I just think that's a normal thing, and it's and it's worth it's an emotion that's worth recognizing, and then it's worth navigating through and figuring out because anything that's worth doing is it's just simply going to be uncomfortable. Someone sits down and meet like in Matt in your situation. Someone wants to sit down and meet with you and go through their financial situation. It's because they know that they need to plan for the next 10, 20, 30, 50 years of their life and they want to do that efficiently and effectively and that's not something that they can just google their way through their life doing. And yeah, it's really uncomfortable to sit down with someone and go through that. But they also recognize the importance of that. So let's talk about let's talk about in in a broad spectrum kind of way of looking at things. Let's talk about being uncomfortable, and then let's talk about it in the microcosm, and let's uh, let's talk a little bit about money as well. So in the broad spectrum, I would approach discomfort from this perspective. I believe that growth only comes from times we are uncomfortable. I will liken it to a workout or an exercise routine. If you do the same one over and over again, for example, hypothetically, you take a, you know, a five pound dumbbell, which is probably what John can curl. Just kidding. He could do at least 12. But if you take a five pound dumbbell, he's pretty buff. I'm bison just kidding. Are if, yeah. You can't yeah. describe me as a bison at the beginning. You're and a bison. You're a power. Well, you could be like a baby bison. You could be like, <laughs> like a cute. What are baby bisons called? Would they be calves? Probably. It would be like bison I calves. Know. I don't know. I don't know these things. That I can't still know everything. It feels like a compliment. It is. Bison is a compliment. Turkey, I want you to spend a little bit of time during the course <laughs> of this podcast of another type of protein. My commitment I, to you by the end of this podcast, I'll have a new protein name for you. You all heard that. I will be a new protein by the end, and it cannot be salmon because I do not like seafood. So um, I just don't. It is good for you, though. Unless you're allergic to it, then it's not. But that's a whole other podcast. I would say that if you use like the exercise analysis, Take a five pound dumbbell and you curl it 10 times. Great. So maybe for you, that was a little difficult. And then you keep doing that day after day, week after week, month after month. Not a lot's going to happen. If you stick with what you've always done, you get what you always got. Maybe you look at the 15 pound dumbbell and you think, I don't know if I could do that. That's a little intimidating. I'd be uncomfortable. It's gonna... So you're going to do it. Then what's going to happen? You're going to be a little sore the next time. Well, what's happened is you've made little micro tears in the muscle fibers and then they kind of heal together and then you get hypertrophy, which means your muscles start to get bigger. So muscles grow because you put them under discomfort. You make them uncomfortable. Your, your cardiac... You you know, Matt, when you're doing your Peloton thing, I'm not a big Pelotoner. 
Well, Pelotonian. So, Pelotonian. And so I'm not a big Pelotonian, so I'm pretty certain that if I went to your house to do a Pelotonian workout, that I would be miserable and would be uncomfortable. But by the 20th one, I probably would have a little bit, not only more comfort with it, but I would have achieved a goal. I would have increased my cardiac health. I would have increased my stamina, et cetera. So from the big picture out of the finance, out of the money world, I would ask people to think about how are you playing it safe right now? How are you not taking risks? How are you not risking it for the biscuit? Like how are you sitting back on your laurels and doing what you've always done and getting what you've always got and wanting more and understanding that to get to that more it's going to be uncomfortable. Between here and more is discomfort. Between here and success is discomfort. Between here and happiness, between here and fulfillment, between here and whatever you want to see as your end goal is going to be discomfort. It might be going back to school and getting your dis degree discomfort. It might be taking a training discomfort. It might be having a conversation with someone you're in a relationship with that like, God, if I have this conversation, maybe they're going to leave me, but I don't like this. And I've got, to. it might be going to a therapist discomfort. It might be going to a financial planner and saying, look, I'm, you know, 48 years old. I just went through a divorce. I've got nothing. I've got this little bit amount of money. I'm so uncomfortable. I'm so embarrassed. It's not even worth your time to talk to me. But by the time I talk to you guys, all of a sudden I walk out of the room feeling a sense of hope. That's how I would approach this whole idea of people willing to dive into being uncomfortable. You know, what do you, when you guys think about that, when, when you, when you see in your world, where, where is the beauty in being, where is the good in, in with the finance world being uncomfortable? How do you see it? Someone getting to that other side of, of fear success. Cause where I would see it is I would see that my discomfort and wanting to have the conversation might lead to someone who's an expert in the field, then being able to show me that the things that I'm uncomfortable about are really not as big as I thought they were. Yeah. yeah, most problems can be overcome in most parts. So, you know, yes, it is step one is identifying what the situation is, what the problem is, and then step two, finding someone that can help you with that solution. And you have to give them all of the information. You have to be transparent. And again, that causes discomfort because you don't want to divulge these things. It's it's natural tendency for us to keep some of these uh, you know, secrets closely guarded, but that's what's needed in order to get resolution. To and, get and, and, fixed. and that's why I use the healthcare, you know, example, because when I was an emergency department nurse, I, I'm not going to get graphic because, you know, but people would sometimes come in the emergency department with embarrassing situations and we kind of needed to know the story, but you're sitting in front of a, a healthcare provider or a nurse or a PA or a physician and they're saying, well, what happened? And somebody's like, you know, well, this kind of happened. And you're like, well, what really happened? <laughs> right. And then, you know, or, what medicines are you taking? And yeah. they're, oh, well, I take vitamins and baby aspirin. <laughs> well, okay, so your urine test came back with a couple of other things in it. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's also that. And the reason why we need to know that is because we don't, not because we want to mock you or make fun of you or roll our eyes at you, but because we don't want to do something to you that might cause harm. And having the full picture mm -hmm. of, of something, even if it's uncomfortable, allows an expert, whether you're talking about a healthcare professional or financial professional, to be able to give you the best advice. Yeah, I think in the finance world too, then, you know, from that point forward, we, we move into, I guess what I'll call micro decisions, you know, so helping someone plan for their next, what, what's that, what's that phrase that we use in our industry? Like you look at your future retirement and your future uh, life and planning with a telescope, but you look at like your, your daily budgeting and and all that with a microscope. Yeah, you, is, am I just making yeah, that, that up on the fly? That's, that's, that's pretty good if I just up, made that up on the fly. Like, I always use was... the one like if you're trying, you know, like retirement is like trying to hit a target that's three miles away. 
Yeah. Right now, you know, if you're in your 30s or 40s, all you need to know is it north, south, east, or west. And then as it gets closer to that particular target, you can hone in on, on the direction. But it's sort of the same I like direction. that better than the telescope microscope. Yeah, the telescope but, microscope. but I think my point was it leads into then helping people with these with micro decisions. And that might be something as silly as are we going to brew our own coffee at home this morning or are we going to go get a six dollar and 99 cent latte at starbucks you know and we really figure out okay our lattes really six dollars i don't know i just made i just you literally totally made, made that, that up was i that's, a ve- that's like a venti chocomoco i might have like the starbucks Mocachino. app i might i might i don't know but they're expensive he has the cup every year that comes out i do i do Christmas. i get the you know, the, the january free refill cup do you get it every year yeah yeah really so but but anyway i i think helping people with these micro decisions that really matters for the big picture in the long term. And it's so, as little as that sounds, that's even, that's slight discomfort and uncomfort, right? Like yes. not getting the coffee that you want to get or maybe bagging your lunch when you go to work instead of going and eating out for lunch. And I'll translate this back to like, you know, my own personal life. So I've been doing this thing called 75 hard. Have you guys heard of this? Mm, no. Nope. Is this like legal? Is it like a drug thing? Oh, or? yeah, I should. That, that does sound hard weird. Sounds like something you'd buy in the liquor store I for two ninety nine. This other podcast, and you know, it's it's an intense it's an intense show. But um, you know, they all the listeners were doing this thing called seventy five hard. And I'm like, I want to do that. I think I can do that. And essentially, it's a number of things that you do for seventy five days straight. And I'll tell you what they are. They're, they're they sound easy. Drink a gallon of water a day. Work out twice a day for 45 minutes. And they could be like, for me, they're like, you know, with all my neck problems and stuff, it's like more like low key, like mild workouts. Don't drink any alcohol and read 10 pages a day of a book. And like thoughtfully read 10 pages a day. Go back to, it's two 45 minute workouts a day? Yeah, so an hour and a half total. That's a lot. It is, it is. So that's probably the hardest component. I think, I I thought Rich, you were gonna be like drinking a gallon of water a day, that's super easy. But it's it's so it's much harder not, than no, I realized. The I made a face, and the reason why I made a face was because I'd have to pee so much, oh my God. and, and I just don't know if I <laughs> would. Whoa! Is that's okay? what we're bringing is that, this podcast. Right. I pee a lot. Well, I'm well. just saying, like it would be hard, and I, I but no, I do need to drink more water. No, I'm, I, I didn't mean to sidetrack. Well, I just I like, can remember I when I first heard this. I so laughed. How many days did you make it? I made it 18 days into 75 days. Okay, and you know. At first, I'm like, oh, I'm definitely going to make it 75 days in. I was very confident. About a weekend, I'm like, whoa, this is harder than I thought. Right. Drinking a gallon is so much harder than I thought. I didn't give it enough credit. And so I made it day 18. And on day 19, I broke it. And I was disappointed in myself. I was hmm. mad. I was upset. I was kind of bummed. you know. And the whole point of doing this was to create some discipline to just lean into you know, being uncomfortable. Working out twice a day for 45 minutes. I haven't done that since I was like in college. That's crazy. Um, but I was disappointed in myself, but you have one of two choices. I could either just like sulk in that and then just like go with a complete different direction and drink like all booze and no water <laughs> or say, you know what? I had a bad day and I'm going to start over from day one again. So have you started over from day one? I have. Yeah. What day are you on right now? Seven. That's good. Awesome. But yeah. you know what? There's a lot of people that are in recovery that might even be listening to this. And when you think about people that are in recovery, you know, from from substance abuse, from alcohol, whatever the case may be, gambling, et cetera, you know, the, there's people that fall back. There's people that struggle. There's people that, you know, go back to using. And sometimes there's shame with that. There's a sense of shame. You felt, even though, you know, for some people it might be a big deal. So you fell off the 75, you know, yeah. 75 hard, you know, horse, whatever. But there was, a, there's a, a slight sense of shame or embarrassment um, in 
stopping something or falling off something or giving up on something. Um, and, and it makes people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It, it's uncomfortable to start it. It's uncomfortable to stick to it. And if you think about a, a workout program or, or, or sobriety, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to start and begin and stick with it. But that if you fall off of it, it's just like I talked about in the last podcast, my quote from Jim Rohn, you might not be able to change your decisions, but you can change your direction. So I might not be able to change my decision of going back and having a drink when I've been trying to stay sober, but I can change my direction. It's a new day. So you might not have been able to change the decision on day 19 when you went, I'm going to have some M&Ms. Forget this. You know? <laughs> right. but, well, that's the other part. You have to eat clean. So you have to stick to a diet. And I forgot to mention that part. Uh, that was I the assumed, hardest part for me. I mean, yeah. I assume that would be yeah. part of it. So you might have fallen off that on day 19 and just been like, forget it. I, a gallon of water? No, I'm not doing that. You know, It's all but, potato chips but, for but me. That, right. Well, you, that's why we never hand you a bag. <laughs> we know not to hand John a bag of potato right. chips because portion, portion it's done. But what you can do is change your direction and decide, okay, new day, new me, and start again. It's getting through the shame, the shame of thinking that you failed or that you let someone down or that you gave up. You know, I think as a parent, one of the the things that I will pat myself on the back for, and it's it's I'm certainly, whew, man, am I far from a perfect parent, but I've got three amazing kids. And the one thing I'll pat myself on the back for is that there have been times that I've sat down with my now 22-year-old with my today 11-year-old, he just turned 11. Congratulations, buddy. Yep, yep. and my five-year-old is that there have been times I sat down and said, I am so sorry. I'm sorry I raised my voice at you. I, I was stressed out. It had nothing to do with you. I, I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm a strict parent. John and Matt, you both know me. My kids are well-behaved. I don't play. But I will get through the discomfort of sitting down with a child that I love and saying, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have, I didn't realize you were asking me for such when I told you to keep your voice down. I didn't, I apologize, I'm sorry. That was something that for some of us, the way we were raised, our parents would never have done Mm -hmm. um, because it was uncomfortable for them because children were supposed to be seen and not heard and all that kind of nonsense. And I think, I think I become better as a dad when I'm able to get through my discomfort and say I'm Amen. sorry, I think I, I think we get better as significant others, as husbands, as, as wives, when we can say to the person we love, maybe not in the moment. It's hard to do it in the moment because it can come out bad. You know, you're in the middle of an argument and you go, "Okay, I'm sorry." Okay, it's not, you know. But later on, when the emotions have cooled down, and the shame of the fact that you said something you shouldn't have said, and you sit down and go, "Look." I just, in all sincerity, I just want to say I'm sorry. I should not have spoken to you like that. I, I, I shouldn't have used that word or that phrase or I'm sorry. And hey, you know, sometimes people don't accept your apology, you know, whatever. Sometimes it's for you. But I just think that that discomfort of being, uh, of being willing to take responsibility, the discomfort of having willingness to apologize is a very empowering thing. In, in the world that, that you guys inhabit, the discomfort of shame, I think, is probably a big piece because you talked about, you know, financial undressing. You know, as soon as people think about, you know, you put undressing, it's like, ooh, you know, shame, you know, wow, embarrassment. But there's a sense of shame with that. I mean, we've kind of alluded to that already. It is, but, but it's, it's necessary to get past that. And I also think a lot of it is the leading up to it. You think th- you're thinking about this problem, this issue. You're thinking about it nonstop. It will, that issue, that problem will go away once you develop a resolution to it. Right. And oftentimes, it's the leading up to it that's the most painful part. Once you face the problem and you figure out a way to go through it, that's that's the giving you, that's w- lifting that weight off of your shoulders. So I absolutely think that's the case. 
do you think, John, like with embarrassment, do you think that there is a component of embarrassment and finance that goes together that kind of causes people to not get to where they need to go? Yeah, and I and I think that you know it, it's it's an evolving thing too because even past just these first few meetings that we might have with somebody, what's interesting is, let's let's say we set goals for their financial life and we say, all right, you know, in six months from now we want to be at X Y Z, um, and then we meet three months into it, four months into it, or at six months, and they go, oh, you know what, I didn't hit that goal. Like I wasn't I, I wasn't able to save the way I thought I was going to be able to save, or I wasn't able to do X Y. But that's like again. That's okay, and maybe that's our responsibility to talk through those things and and let people know, you know what? Had you done nothing at all, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have made it halfway to the point that you're at right now. So what? You didn't hit the goal. That's like that's your scenario. Okay. Yeah, you, yeah, you made it 17 days. Is that what it was? 18 so, days. 18 yeah. days. And so you know, but that for that 18 days, you were, you know, working out twice a day. You were extremely healthy and taking one, two, or three days off, yeah, you broke the 75-day cycle, but you're still light years ahead. But but not, but not only that, you proved to yourself you could do it. Yeah. Because the yeah. first day probably was maybe like a little shocking, but no big deal. Right. The third or fourth day probably sucked. Yep. The fifth, sixth, seventh day started to get better, but by the 10th, 11th, 12th day, you were like, oh, man, I got this. And yeah, whatever caused you to fall off, stress, you're getting too busy, or, you know, John has, you know, two very young children at home. And, you know, that that stuff, you know, you might have to have had pri- prioritized in a different direction. But nonetheless, sometimes being uncomfortable, what we do is we prove to ourselves we can do something we didn't think we could do. Well, yeah. And, and like we said, there's growth in, in that discomfort and just recognizing, like, it's it's just it's okay that I didn't hit the 75 day mark. I'm gonna start over. By the way, like at some point when we record a podcast, I'm gonna be able to say I completed 75 days. But realizing and and just progressing as a human, like I I read 10 pages a day of a book. I exercised. I I was hydrated. I drank a lot of water. I felt great during that time. And it was hard to do 75, but I'll get it done. The hard, that's to, do, okay. the hard to do things are, are the, the things that bring us the best. You know yeah. I mean? Honestly, your most difficult relationships that made you the most uncomfortable or your college classes that made you the most uncomfortable or the interview that made you the most uncomfortable or the client that made you the most uncomfortable, all of those things tended to build a little bit of strength. So one of the things that we like to do on on three to win is to give you three things, like kind of some walkways to be really clear about it. So as we wrap this up, I want to make sure that we get right to that. And so I'm going to go, Matt, if you don't mind, I'm going to go right to you. Like, yeah, what? yeah. Don't, don't be it. embarrassed when you're going to see a professional for, you know, whether it's for finance, whether it's a physician, whatever it is, be honest. Don't be embarrassed. That person is there to help you. Um, you're trying to come up with a solution to a problem, and you've got to you've got to be an open book at times on where the issues are and and recognize those. Getting through your shame, getting through your embarrassment, being willing to just put yourself out there and be honest to the point. You know, they call it being. I'm going to now be uncomfortably honest with you. Why is it called uncomfortably honest? Honesty should never be uncomfortable, but we we call it that because sometimes being honest, we're gonna we're gonna put ourselves out there. We're gonna say something we're gonna worry is gonna be taken the wrong the wrong way. But you know, don't you think, John? What do you? Yeah, I, th- you I think my message, and I'll just echo what I've said. It's not being disappointed in yourself for not achieving that thing either. I mean, there there's still positive progression and growth that happens from working to achieve. I almost think like when you set goals that are uncomfortable, they're likely not even meant to be hit. Sometimes you set these goals just to have that progress. And what do so they call not, them? BHAGs, big, yeah, hairy, audacious goals. Exactly. Yep. And you you know don't be disappointed in yourself if you don't hit that goal because there was still positive progression 
just working towards it. And what I pull from that, John, in my world is I would say who you are today is not necessarily who you have to be tomorrow. There is always the chance through through being even uncomfortable to to be better, to do better, to have better. My my of my three to win, one way to win with being uncomfortable is understanding that doing what's uncomfortable is the primary way to get stronger. I use the example of building a muscle, but you know what? If you drive to work in a different a different route that might make you uncomfortable, it's not the neighborhood you normally drive through. It's not the road you're most familiar with. It teaches your brain to think differently. If you look listen to a podcast or a TV show or read a book that maybe might make you uncomfortable. It shares a different opinion or a different perspective that causes you to shift in how you're thinking, that causes you to see the world in a different way. When we always approach our world from a place of safety, we never stretch ourselves to the point where we can get better. If you just stretch to the point that your muscle feels comfortable, you'd never achieve flexibility. The only way to achieve flexibility is to push your muscle every day a little bit at a time past where it was before so that you can achieve that flexibility. Whenever Matt or John talk about financial success, you guys always talk about taking little steps, making making these little gestures. So I, I would encourage everybody, do one thing that makes you feel maybe a little uncomfortable, puts you out of your safety zone. Go talk to that person you've been worried about talking to. Go seek that mentor you were maybe a little intimidated by. Go read that book. Go watch that documentary. Do things that might make you feel a little uncomfortable. What's surprisingly on the other side of that is, as John John was raised hearing is not only success, but is is enlightenment. It's bewilderment. It's excitement. It's it's light. It's finding something that you never expected. The unexpected never comes from being comfortable. Well, that's that's what we've got for you on today's podcast of Three to Win. On behalf of John, Matt, and myself, Rich, we want to thank you for being here. We hope you come back. We hope you'll check us out again. We hope you'll send us some wonderful comments and share this with all your friends. Wishing you success and an amazing day. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Three to Win is a podcast for the high-achieving self-starter that understands there has got to be a better way to maximize their potential. You can help us create impact by sharing this with a friend or rating and reviewing our podcast. 